In this episode of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, we are going to take a very important look at the difference between a streaming model versus a sales model and the impact that each approach might have on your career. But before we do that, I just wanted to let my listeners know about the release of Music Marketing Manifesto 5.0. This is the latest edition of my flagship music marketing program, and it promises to be the most powerful edition yet. In Music Marketing Manifesto, 5.0, you will watch over my shoulder as I show you how to build an automated marketing machine for your music so that you can take control of your career, grow your fan base, generate real and lasting revenue from your music, and more importantly, run your music career like a business. In Music Marketing Manifesto 5.0, I teach new funnel strategies, including deep sale funnels, quick start funnels, free for shipping and handling funnels, and even streaming funnels, and infuse all of the latest data, techniques, and tools into what has always been one of the leading training programs on direct-to-fan marketing in the world. To learn more about Music Marketing Manifesto 5.0, just go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash MMM5. That's musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash MMM5. You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. All right, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about streaming versus sales, a very hot topic anytime I talk about streaming. Uh, I think it's usually sort of split down the middle. Well, it's not split down the middle. I get more anti-streaming. I get people absolutely out to condemn the streaming platforms, and then I have people attacking me for their perception of the fact that I'm attacking the streaming platforms, which I'm not, and which we're going to be talking about. Um, But I think it's a really important topic. I've touched on it in various ways over the years. Um, In this episode, I really want to talk about streaming versus sales, because these are two different business models. And I think, I don't, I don't think many musicians really understand that there are multiple models here. They understand that there are multiple revenue streams, but not necessarily that there are multiple models um, when it comes to how you run your career, how you approach attracting an audience and ultimately monetizing your actual music outside of those additional revenue streams like licensing and everything else. So Uh, Again, to me, to my mind, those are two very different models that require very different approaches and um, and suit different situations. Every career is different. We're all starting off at one place and, you know, we're taking these various steps towards those rock stars that we all want to be, but we don't start out there and we very, very rarely go from nowhere to rock star overnight. There are these baby steps, you know, you start as this independent uh, new artist who's maybe got a few followers on social media, friends and family, that kind of thing. Then usually you become an artist who starts to get a little bit of a following, uh, mostly online to begin with, with, you know, maybe you're out there playing some shows, Uh, and starting to get a little bit of a real-world following, and then it grows to a more significant online 
uh, presence where you uh, you have thousands of real fans. They're engaging with you. They're listening to your music. They're buying it. They're streaming it. Uh, and you're starting to play and people are really coming out and you're starting to fill rooms. Then you go from lo local success to regional success to national success. Uh, and again, you know, when it comes to marketing, there are different different remedies, different strategies that will work better depending on where you're at in your career hierarchy. Um, but I wanted to talk about streaming versus sales because recently there, there have been a few times uh, recently where I've seen comments pop up on social media stating that I'm somehow anti-streaming. And this this kind of surprises me because it's not the case at all. It's, I, I've been at this for, you know, over a decade working as a music marketing consultant through Music Marketing Manifesto. I don't know what maybe I said seven or eight or nine years ago. Um, I, I have some harsh words for streaming. Um, so I guess it shouldn't be a terrible shocker, but my position has never been anti-streaming. I am not anti-streaming. I have, I have long advised all of my clients that they definitely do not want to ignore the streaming platforms. Streaming offers very real revenue potential, uh, music discovery benefits, access to a global audience, uh, and ease of engagement for your fans. It's easy to listen to your music if you're on the platforms. They can pull out their phone and you're there and you don't want to ignore that. So just to be really, really clear here, I am not anti-streaming. I do think artists are drastically underpaid uh, and I think streaming's done a lot to diminish the perceived value of recorded music, but the reality is that streaming is here to stay and it cannot be ignored. But... <laughs> and there's that but uh, my position is that the average independent artist stands a better chance at making a meaningful amount of money by employing a sales model than they do by chasing streaming revenue now before y'all start furiously typing up comments about you know how you make a thousand dollars a month on streaming and how dare i tarnish the name of the all-powerful and much beloved spotify uh, i want to completely acknowledge that there are many exceptions to the statement i just made i see those success stories as well hell many of my clients are those success stories you can absolutely make money on the streaming platforms and many artists do but as someone who works who works with and communicates with thousands of artists every year, I have access to a ton of data. And I am telling you, statistically speaking, if I take 100 independent musicians and I say, go make 5K from streaming, and then I take another 100 musicians and I say, go make 5K by selling music, tickets, and merch, I would have way more success stories amongst those that use the sales model. And this is supported by multiple surveys that I've taken uh, to my audience uh, and years of firsthand experience and, and observation. And to a certain extent, even just common sense. Um, now, while there is absolutely no disputing the fact that album sales are way down industry wide, so I don't need 100 comments about how nobody buys albums anymore. Album sales are down. <laughs> There were still 100 million albums sold last year in the U.S. alone. Now, that is about a third of what it was 10 years prior, but it is certainly not nothing. More importantly, these stats represent the trends to the mainstream music industry. And as independent artists, we, we exist outside, for the most part, we exist outside of the mainstream music industry. And, you know, the buying triggers, or, or let's, let's better, yeah, let's call them consumption triggers, are very different for independent 
independent music as compared to mainstream music. We tend to consume mainstream music because it is it has captured that zeitgeist. The song and the artist are everywhere. We're bombarded by the music and the artist until uh, it makes such a deep impression on us, on on our lives, on our friends. It's you know it's the soundtrack in our minds. You know that we we almost feel compelled to engage with that music. It becomes a uh, a societal experience, and we take part in it to some extent on that level. Um, you know, we, we also do feel a sort of tribal connection with these artists, but uh, how and why they motivate us to engage with them uh, is for very different reasons. Whereas uh, with independent artists, we tend to form bonds with the artists that we engage with. We, we like to quote unquote, discover them, you know, maybe we see them live, have a meaningful interaction with them online, um, you know, make a comment, they comment back, we think, what a cool dude. <laughs> uh, we take pride in, you know, having discovered this underappreciated gem, and we feel a sort of bond. There's, there's often a sense of reciprocity there as well, where people will buy music from us just to support us. Um, that's a that's a huge factor. They know how hard it is. There's this sense that that as a fan of an independent artist, you're almost a patron uh, of some up and coming artist, and uh, that that feeling of significance drastically impacts how we ultimately consume music from those independent artists that we get behind. And when that exists, when that bond exists, most fans are happy to support you in just about any way you ask them to within reason. Uh, so in those instances, it is very easy to sell albums. And I am telling you, I see these sales stats from students every single day. People do still buy music. Cannot stress that enough, especially on an independent level. I see really solid conversion rates. And, and to be honest, uh, I'm seeing higher conversion rates on albums now than I was 10 years ago. And I don't know if that's just because I'm getting better at teaching this stuff or my students are getting more sophisticated but I, I, or because fans of independent music are starting to identify themselves as fans of independent music and their their behavior falls into line uh, with the kind of support that independent artists ultimately need. I don't know what it's about, but that is what I'm seeing. It's a little bit anecdotal. I've never actually measured those stats, but from, from a general point of observation, that's what I see. But, you know, it's also important to stress that it doesn't matter if you sell albums or not. It only matters that you sell something. Um, heck, you know, you can promote a simple Patreon account or better yet, a private membership site, you know, and forgo album sales altogether. I don't care if you ever sell another album. That's not what's important to me. It's only important that you sell something because we make so much more money per conversion. You know, if you think of a stream as a conversion and you're making what 0.005 cents, if you're lucky uh, on average, then, and when we compare that to an album sale, I know, you know, I am comparing apples to oranges a little bit here, um, but you know, when we're making 10, $15 a conversion, you know, that's huge. And I think we need to start really paying attention to that average, the, the amount of money we earn per sort of listen, you know, when it comes to streaming, it's very, very small. And when somebody buys an album, they may or may not engage with that album all that much, but we're still making that money and that 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 is essential. And that's how the music industry used to operate. And, you know, that was why we made so much more money on album sales prior to streaming. So that while it's on a smaller scale and while so much of the industry has changed that 
potential still exists for us as independent artists. Um, and I think, you know, things like I was just referencing with membership sites, uh, I, I think they're going to become uh, more and more the norm. They already are so common with Patreon, but I think we're going to see people taking that under their own roof and uh, creating, you know, their own experiences for their fans. Uh, I'm still personally a fan of selling albums because they, they do make sense to music fans. You know, they're priced right. Uh, they're, they're a great entry-level product within a sales funnel, uh, but you don't have to sell albums. So again, before you fire off all these comments about how nobody buys albums, if that's you, if that's been your experience, again, it's not mine, but if it's yours, don't sell an album, sell something else. Uh, go give away your music and then build your funnel around a membership site or some unreleased material, uh, you know, whatever you ultimately need to, to do to generate those sales because we need that revenue potential. So let me explain why. Let me try to give you an actual example here. We're going to do some math, everybody. I know, right? Um, fun. I, I know how much musicians love math. Um, but uh, try to stay with me here because I think these numbers, they're, they're, they're really eye-opening. Uh, they're, they're really significant. So, so let's jump into this, this math here, right? So to make $5,000 from streaming, you know, that's a good solid, that's a real amount of money, you know, five grand, we can all sink our teeth into that. Who doesn't want five grand? Um, you would need to generate approximately 1 million streams. And, you know, not just any streams, but streams that last longer than 30 seconds, which is not insignificant. You're getting so many more streams, uh, you know, where people are listening for 5, 10 seconds and moving on. All you have to do is look at your video stats to see how few people are actually watching a video for 30 seconds, and you'll have a general sense about how long the average person is actually checking out your music. Um, so, you know, we need about a million real streams that last longer than uh, 30 seconds and typically come from first world countries. Uh, of course, you'll generate revenue from music streamed in all countries, but it'll, it'll be less depending on the country. Um, and, you know, that is not easy to do. Generating a million streams is a big deal. You know, a, a lot of musicians generate a, mil a million streams. Many of you listening to this generate more than a million streams. Maybe you do it somewhat regularly, but it is rare. It's very rare, um, statistically speaking. Um, so the alternative to the streaming model is a sales model. Now with a sales model, we don't drive traffic to our streaming channels uh, like you do when you're chasing those streams uh, as our primary strategy. Instead, we drive traffic to a landing page and there we offer free music to try and entice people to sign up to our mailing list. So want some free music, sign up to my mailing list. There's a lot more that goes into it in terms of copyright and crafting an enticing landing page, but these pages, they, they convert typically very well for me. It's usually one in, uh, well, I shouldn't say usually because the stats are all over the place, but a good squeeze page can easily convert at 30 or 40%. So, you know, we're talking one in one in two, one in three people to land on these squeeze pages that uh, I teach people how to put together are signing up for free music. Um, and once they do that, you know, we, we focus on building a relationship with that list. And then we monetize that relationship by selling music, uh, private access, like I was referring to with those membership programs, tickets, uh, merchandise, and more. 
Now, not only do we make a heck of a lot more per visitor, but also because we have captured the email address of that contact, we can now generate revenue from that fan over and over again for years to come. And often it is a significant amount of money, sometimes hundreds, sometimes even thousands of dollars per customer when we get into some of those bigger ticket items. Now, I want to break down some basic math here. As promised, we're going to do some math uh, to illustrate why a sales model is so powerful, so important to you, the independent artist. So with the approach that I teach, the goal is to pull in a subscriber for around $1. Now, this is all over the place. Some people, you know, never hit that mark. Some people bring them in for 30 cents. And that's not an exaggeration. Uh, uh, but you know, a dollar is a reachable number. Uh, it is a, it's a doable number. And so I sort of use that, uh, in part because it makes for easy math. Uh, but I use that as my, my goal, my average. We're trying to get subscribers for around a dollar. So to make the math that I'm about to lay out work, we need to generate 2,000. 143 leads at $1 a piece. Now, remember, we're doing this over time and and money will be coming in, uh, you know, once we start seeing some sales. So it's not like you need to come out of pocket for $2,143 uh, to invest in this approach. You're spending $100, $200, and by then you should be generating some, some sales to start covering the next round of advertising. Now, again, there's a huge amount of, of variation here, and there's always risk when it comes to advertising, but that's certainly the idea, and it's certainly achievable. But let's say we get those leads and we convert them at about 7% to sales. That means that seven out of 100 subscribers will buy our initial point of purchase product, whatever that is. Again, let, let's just call it an album. Everyone understands that, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so in this case, 150 of those, that's 7% of those 20, uh, that <laughs> 2100, that 2,143 subscribers would buy our album. So again, 150 uh, sales are made. If And if we sold that album for $15, then we would make $2,250. Not bad. Right out of the gate with that conversion rate, with those numbers, we would be slightly profitable. But we don't only sell that initial product. We'd also offer an upsell to those customers. So somebody buys the album, they land on an upsell page where we sell them something else. The typical upsell sells for about three times the amount of the initial purchase. And again, lots of flexibility here. But in this case, if I sold an album for $15, my upsell would be $45. Now, I find that upsells convert around 30%. That's, that's a pretty consistent um, conversion rate for upsells. Sometimes it's lower. So I've seen it higher. Um, but let's work with that. So that would mean that of those 150 customers uh, to buy that initial product, that initial album, 45 of them would have bought that $45 upsell product, which would generate another $2,025 in revenue. Now, we're, we're totally in the black at this point. You know, we put a few grand in our pocket and we're actually starting to get somewhere. But... We're still nowhere near done. There are going to be some people that 
of course, pass on this upsell, usually because it's too expensive. So I also like to throw in a downsell. Now, this might just be a small little item. Let's call it, in this example, an $8 item. Uh, you know, this could be a, maybe a, a, a lyric book or an unreleased album, an EP, you know, something that's very easy to say yes to uh, that allows us to just add a little extra money to our, uh, our, our total, our total revenue. And I typically only present this to the people that don't buy the upsell. If they bought the upsell, I call it a day, say thank you, and we're done for now. I don't want to push too hard. But if they passed on it, chances are it was because, uh, you know, the price point was a bit high. So let's see if we can't maximize our profits on this sale with one more easy to say yes to item. And let's say that we pick up another 10%, because remember, some people are buying the upsell. Um, but, you know, some of those who don't, Maybe maybe ten percent of them pick up that downsell, which would be just another fifteen sales at eight dollars for an additional one hundred and twenty dollars. Now, this isn't bad. We're, we've generated four thousand three hundred and ninety-five dollars so far with that initial product, uh, with the uh, upsell and with the downsell. And remember, we've only spent a little over. $2,000 on ads to get all those leads, $2,143 to be precise. But once again, we've only just concluded that very first promotion. That's all we've done. Now we have a captive audience to entertain and occasionally sell stuff to for years to come. Now, of course, some of this list is going to go cold. You're not going to hold the attention of 2,143 people. You're not necessarily even going to hold the attention of all of those customers. But some will stay glued to every word that you write, every note that you sing. They're going to be there paying attention ready and wanting to get those emails from you to hear new music to watch or read or listen to new content and uh, many of them are going to become lasting fans so let's say that a couple of months later you know they've been on your list you're sending them more content this is where we you know we keep them on that list we're sending out newsletters new music videos blurbs, blog posts, we're just keeping them entertained. That's your job. But instead of doing it from a stage, you're doing it from uh, the newsletter. And uh, a couple months go by and you run another promotion. And maybe this time you sell access to that membership site that I was talking about. Or, you know, keep it simple and even just push a Patreon campaign. Maybe you charge $5 a month. And while we should absolutely expect lower conversions than, you know, we had on the initial funnel, because as I mentioned, some of your list has gone cold. But if even just 20% of your initial customers signed up for this, you'd be looking at 30 customers. Now, 30 people paying $5 a month is $60 a year times 30 or $1,800 a year in recurring revenue. Now, of course, some of those people will drop off early. Others will stay on for years. I have membership programs with paying members that have been there for more than 10 years. So some people will stay with you for a very long time. Others won't. We're just working with some crude averages here. Um, you may have very different results and you might be able to charge more. You might not be able to even justify $5 a month. Everything varies a lot, but these are some good, solid average numbers there that are all achievable. And that's what we're trying to put together here, a working model that demonstrates the uh, the the workability of of and the importance the significance of a sales model so we've got that eighteen hundred dollars a year in recurring revenue 
And then maybe a couple of months after that, you run a promotion for a house concert tour. Now, this is just an example uh, of a high ticket item that you can offer. I like to try to build a high ticket item into your funnel. It could be custom songs. You know, there, there's a lot of things that you could do and justify charging $500 for, but private concerts, house concerts, you know, you go and offer your fans an opportunity to have you play a backyard concert for maybe $500 a show. You can do a lot more than that. Uh, I've had students and friends who have done very well with house concerts, promoting them to their lists um, as, for as much as $1,000 a show. It really just depends on the relationship with your fans. And, you know, maybe house concerts are not your thing. That's fine. You could replace it with something else. But this is a good example, as I said, of a high ticket item you can run to that list. So let's say we do that a few months later. And let's say just, just one person, you know, these big ticket items, they're not going to sell, they're not going to fly off the shelves. But let's say one person, one of those 150 people who bought your album loved it so much that they they thought to themselves, well, this sounds cool. 500 bucks to have this artist that I admire so much play this party I have coming up. Let's do it. And they they email you back and they buy that, that house concert and you've added another $500 to your uh, earnings from that same lot of customers, um, that same lot of subscribers. But what about after that? You know, so are we done yet? Well, not really, because, you know, maybe a few months after that, Christmas comes along and we run a holiday promotion. Maybe you've got a holiday album or you just, you know, I don't know, have a holiday single that you give away for free to anyone who buys the album or you incentivize people to buy your album as gifts. There's so many ways you can go about this. But let's say you run a holiday promotion and you sell another uh, 50 albums. That's less than a 2% conversion rate. So it's a really it's a really small number. And that's a that's a doable number of sales. You may see more than that. Um, but again, if we're selling an album, let's say a Christmas album for $15, that would be another $750 in revenue. And if you did all of that, that's a year of promotions. If you do all of that, you would have generated uh, $7,445 in revenue. And if we subtract our advertising expenses, which is $2,143, then we are at just over $5,300 in revenue. Now, there might be some manufacturing and shipping costs, but we can add shipping and handling on our, our physical items to cover that. We can usually put a, you know, $395 kind of charge on that. That'll cover the printing of the CD unless you do something crazy and your shipping. Uh, and, uh, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't offset things uh, any. And, you know, if we round that all down, we've just generated that same $5,000 from what would effectively be $100. 150 buyers. And I am telling you from the perspective of a guy who has worked with thousands of artists over the last decade, most of you listening to this, sorry to say it, will never generate 1 million streams. You just won't. Virtually all of you can sell 150 albums. Plus, you can run more promos and make even more money. Nothing says you have to limit it to just four a year. You could be running a promotion every few weeks if you want. Uh, plus, you will earn recurring uh, revenue from your membership site or your Patreon campaign. It doesn't stop after a year. You can keep going. And uh, some of those customers, some of those uh, supporters might be worth thousands of dollars over the years. Plus, you have a fan base that you can promote to for years to come at no additional expense to you, you know, you, you've already acquired that subscriber, you can stop all that advertising, and you'll still have revenue coming in because you still got that list. 
Plus, you can promote your live shows to your list as you make that move and try to go from online success to local and regional and eventually national success. Plus, you can drive your list to your streaming catalog. And if your list is large enough, you'll trigger algorithmic growth, generating still more revenue. Now, all of this is why I think it is so crucial that independent artists do not ignore sales. And this is the point that I've been trying to make all these years because I, I sort of see this black and white mindset. People sort of approach it as nobody buys albums anymore. It's all about streaming. So that's what I'm going to do. It's not true that nobody buys albums anymore. And I don't care if you ever sell another album again. You still need to be selling stuff to your list and you need to be in control of that list. Don't let Spotify or Apple control your customers. You need to control them. And while it might sound a bit complicated, you know, I don't know how all that math came across in a, in a podcast, especially if you're new to this stuff. Maybe you don't know all these marketing terms and it sounds like a lot. I want to, I want to sort of reset that thinking and stress that all you're really doing here, let's keep it real simple. All you're doing, you're building a mailing list and you're selling stuff to your mailing list. That's all. The math and all those big marketing terms, they're just details. So if you stay focused on the fact that you're just using advertising to get the attention of an audience, you're entertaining that audience, and then you're selling stuff to that audience, you will be on your way. And none of this is to say that you can't also go after streaming as an additional strategy. You should. I'm simply saying that it's important to understand the difference between the two approaches and to be conscious of the fact that if you are going to attempt to sell music to your list, then you should not try and sell the album that your subscriber already has in their pocket. That's all. That's it. That's all I've been trying to say. Uh, and this is easy to avoid by either windowing your streaming release, releasing only the singles from the album that you're selling in your funnel, or selling things other than traditional albums uh, through your sales funnel, like I've mentioned before. That's it. So, if you do that, I'm telling you, statistically speaking, as an independent artist, you stand a better chance at making uh, some some significant revenue. And there may very well be a time in your career where uh, you need to reevaluate those priorities because your career is taking off. It's starting to move. And certainly there are different kinds of artists that stand to benefit from the streaming platforms more. If you're an ambient artist, uh, 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 the kind of artist that tends to make music that gets played in the background at retail establishments and businesses, then um, then it's it's huge for you and, and you've got to go for it. And even then, you know, for, for everyone else, when we look at our streaming revenue, there are exceptions to this, of course, but for the most part, we tend to see that, you know, 20% of our tracks are generating 80% of the revenue. So you do maybe need to ask yourself, would you not be better off just releasing the 20% of the tracks uh, and and leaving the other 80% for the sales funnel, at least initially, you know, window that release, just like the movie industry does, where we hold it back, sell to our audience through our funnels initially. And then in time, as we move on to the next album, we release, you know, the entirety of the previous album and just keep cycling through things like that. That's what I'm about at Music Marketing Manifesto. And I really think it's important that we as independent artists start to really become conscious of the fact that we have more than one option when it comes to how we choose to structure our, our businesses, you know, the business that is your music career and how we go about trying to monetize our music. 
Okay, so that's what I'm all about. That's what I do. And that's what I've been doing very successfully for over a decade. I've helped, I don't even know how many artists anymore, countless, well, there's probably not countless, but um, you could count them. But uh, I've helped a lot of artists, numerous artists, climb to the top of various Billboard and iTunes and Amazon and CD Baby sales charts, Barnes & Noble sales charts. Is Barnes & Noble still around? I'm, I'm out of the U.S. these days. I don't even know. But... Uh, uh, we've seen fantastic results doing this stuff. I can't tell you how many amazing letters uh, I've received or emails and comments I received from artists who have gone from, uh, you know, nowhere where they're, they're putting out their albums and their dreams are crushed because they sell nothing to employing these strategies, uh, only to become full-time musicians, to start charting, to start selling thousands of albums and to feel that the music they make, that their life's mission is worthwhile because people are hearing it. It's that old adage, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, did it make a sound? I don't know the answer to that, but I know that uh, I, I want to make a sound as an independent artist. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm sharing this stuff with the world. And I'm willing to bet the most of you listening to this feel the same. So that's me. If you would like me to show you how to do what I do, how to build music marketing funnels to ultimately promote your music, to build a sales model around your music, then I'd urge you to take a look at my very brand new program, Music Marketing Manifesto 5.0. Uh, it, as of this recording, it's not available yet. It's going live very soon. Uh, you can go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash MMM5. Again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash MMM5, or just go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and you'll find a link to it in the nav bar. When it goes live, you'll get instant access to dozens of videos. And in those videos, I just, I pull back the curtain on everything. I let you watch over my shoulder and step-by-step, step, I show you how to put together a funnel to market your music. I all members of Music Marketing Manifesto 5.0 will get early access to a brand new, very powerful marketing tool called Toompipe that I'm excited to share with everyone. I'll show you how to drive traffic. I'll teach you everything you need to know about setting up ad campaigns or finding those ad campaigns. I'll show you how to split test your funnel for optimal results. I'll give you copy and paste email templates so that you can set all of this up quickly. It's never been easier and honestly, it's it's never been more effective. Uh, and like all of my programs, it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. I only want happy customers. Um, but if you want to take control of your career and build a marketing funnel for your music, whatever your attitude is about streaming, then Music Marketing Manifesto, it is it is the original course of its kind, and I don't think you're going to find anything else like it out there. So take a look. See if it's right for you. Again, go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash MMM5. All right, that's it for now. I've got work to do. These launches are a heck of a lot of work, and I've got a big one coming. So uh, I'm going to get back to those <laughs> those videos, those lessons, those final lessons that I need to get into that course. And I, I need to tidy up the members area and make it ready for, for all of yous. All right, thanks very much. Thanks for listening, and take care. 
Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com.